Hallelujah to Jesus. Well, we want to talk about three things tonight. Um, first of all, um, is uh, that we need to talk about um, that healing uh, is something that belongs to the believer. Uh, healing, God wants you to be healed, okay? I believe that the enemy tries to steal that from us uh, in, in a re- on a regular basis, uh, that uh, when you have things come against your body, um, we try to reason why those things are happening. And, and uh, so, so it could be just natural, oh, it's winter, oh, you know, it's cold and flu season, there's something going around. Uh, we have all these natural reasonings for uh, why we um, ought to be or could be or should be, but we, we um, fail then as a believer to go to the first stop uh, when things like that come on our bodies or, or, or symptoms start to try and act like some, some kind of way. Uh, we fail to go straight to the answer, isn't that right? And, uh, and, and get a hold of the truth of God's word, get ahead of that thing so that we can squash those things in our bodies. Praise God. And uh, so, so first of all, we want to talk about that healing is a provision uh, for the believer. It is yours, and, and honestly, there is no reason why you shouldn't have it. Praise God. The devil will try and convince you of that. But uh, secondly, uh, so God wants you healed. Secondly is God wants you to walk in health. Do you know that's two different things? Isn't that right? <laughs> so he wants you to continually walk in health, to be healthy and to be strong. And uh, then thirdly, he wants you to be a distributor of healing. Is that okay if we leave here with that? And not only are always on the, on the uh, uh, what do you call it, the defense, you know, when it comes to sickness and disease, but we're on the offense, not just for ourselves, but for others. And uh, so I want to talk about those three things. And, and uh, so, so I, I thought we would uh, visit uh, a very uh, popular passage in the Bible. Um, we, we know that uh, um, there is a story, of course, about a woman who um, she was wanting healing for her daughter. Um, and Jesus is talking to her in Mark 7.27. In Mark 7.27. And it says, But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. Now, I don't know about you moms, you know. Um, here you are being compassionate towards your, your baby girl. And, uh, and <laughs> some dude who has been known to be a healer tells you, you know, that Say, look, get away from me. I don't give, give uh, what belongs to the children to dogs, you know. So, so you may be thinking, man, if he called me a dog, I might have a trouble, a little bit of trouble continuing the conversation. Uh, but but um, in, in studying this particular uh, background of this particular moment, uh, that uh, apparently the Jews called them worse than dogs. And, uh, and, and Jesus, what he said was actually not too bad. <laughs> And, and she was so desperate for her daughter to be healed and delivered, she just turned the whole thing around and said, but even the dogs want, you know, the crumbs from the master's table. And Jesus was like, Psh, let, whoa. You know, he's like, whoa, come on. He was just blessed by this woman's faith, right? And so, so he's like, uh, you know, go ahead. It's all taken care of now. Praise God. And so, so uh, we look at this in NIV. It says, first let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. 
So, so, so we know, of course, um, in this particular day and era, he was talking about the Jews. Isn't that right? And uh, so, but in the new covenant, we are all children of God. Are you a child of God? Everybody say, I'm a child of God. <laughs> so we are, we're children of God and therefore offspring of the Most High and all the provisions that Christ has provided um, definitely apply to us, okay? Um, in, in this day, um, if you really think about it, how many of the people did Jesus actually heal that were born again? Any of them? <laughs> all right. <laughs> how much more is that bread the children's bread who are born again. For what Christ has done, he has done for all of us. Isn't that right? And uh, when you talk about this subject, um, you know, that there's, there's some really skewed things that go on in Christianity about this, you know. Uh, does God always heal? Uh, uh, is, is, is it God's will to heal all the time? And, and it gets very convoluted and very skewed and, and confusing when you get into that uh, weirdness, you know. Uh, but did Jesus die for all of us? All of us just here in the room? For all humanity? From Adam until the end of time? Uh, and, and so it is possible for all humanity to be saved. Isn't that right? And, and so what Jesus did uh, spiritually uh, for those who were dead spiritually, he did across the board and he's no respecter of persons. Why do you think he would all of a sudden change gears and just strip all the flesh off of his body, be beaten and bludgeoned and ripped apart and, and say, by my stripes you're healed, but oh, here's the clause, only on the times I think it's necessary or I think it's very important, or if they're worthy, or no, none of us were worthy of salvation. None of us were worthy of our, our Lord and Savior being bludgeoned for our healing. None of us were worthy. None of us were. And so when, when the enemy comes, or even humans, uh, you know, with passengers come and try and tell you, well, what have you done? Well, I haven't done anything more deserving of hell than you. I haven't done anything more deserving of sickness and disease than you. And Jesus stripped himself, removed all the flesh. Listen, listen, his, his visage, it says in Isaiah, his visage or his image was so marred that beyond a man, his relatives could not recognize him. He was beaten, bludgeoned, head to toe, all the flesh removed, beaten in his face, beard ripped out, thorns jammed on his head. And, and, and this just so he could pick and choose who the healing gets to go to? He did it for all humanity, just like he did for salvation. Redemption, the word redemption is all-inclusive. Salvation, all-inclusive. He, what he's done for one, he's done for all. And that must have been a lot easier, you know. But, but you, you got to think about it when people, um, you know, start questioning, well, is Jesus really the only way? Is Jesus really the only way? You know, here we are, believing for 3,000 souls. You better come to the, the, you know, be convinced that Jesus is the only way. There is no other way. But can you imagine how, how mean of a father Jesus would have had when he said, is, if there's any other way, if there's any other way to bring these people out of darkness into the light, is there any other way, Lord, if there's any other way possible, let this cup pass from me. The father said, no. 
And he said, nevertheless, not my will. Isn't that right? Jesus knew. He is the way. Y'all with me? He is the way. There's no other way. And so, so he, he goes and, and endures uh, not just what I just spoke of, the beatings, but he endured literally going down into the region of the dead, suffering exactly what you and I would have had to suffer. Where else would he pay the price for our sins? But where we would have gone? And you want to question whether there's another way, Buddha, Roshnis, you know, uh, Mohammed, whoever you want to go to, none of those will work. You know, you're convinced, you're sitting in this room because you know Jesus Christ is the only true Son of God, is the only way of salvation and redemption. He is the only way, and he did it for you fully, completely, and you are wonderfully and amazingly saved and redeemed. You sit here tonight full of the joy of God and the peace of God, and you uh, don't care what, who's in office. You don't care. Well, you do in some way, but anyway, you don't, it doesn't move you. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway. So, so we're, we're sitting here tonight not losing our marbles while the world goes crazy and they're trying to, to steal our nation. We sit here and worship Jesus. Because why? We know. We know. He is the only way. And you are convinced of this. But listen, I want to tell you that healing is no different. Well, you say, well, Pastor Andy, there are other ways. Well, yeah, you can throw ibuprofen at it. You can, you can go to, uh, you know, the doctor. I, I, my first stop is the great physician. The, the first stop will be the blood. I'm going to put the blood on that right there in Jesus' name. Uh, where the blood goes, healing goes. It's actually a natural truth that where there's blood flow, healing will be expedited. <laughs> and so, so I just thank God for his healing power. And I'm convinced that what he's done for one, he has done for all. Y'all with me? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In 1 Peter 2.24, this, of course, is the, uh, you know, a, a repeat of Isaiah, but it says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed or were healed. And so if you were, then you are. Isn't that right? If you are, you is. And, and so, so we, we want to make sure that we are proclaiming that thing in our, in our, in our own hearts as well as speaking to our flesh, uh, declaring the word of God because whatever is going on in your body that is not healed, that is, is contrary, is, is lying vanities. The reality of God's word is a higher truth than medical science. We appreciate medical science somewhat, and we thank God for those people that help people. I mean, I've, I've had my appendix removed. I've had teeth removed. I've had just, well, you know, not everything removed, thank God, you know. And they haven't figured out how to do a brain transplant, as far as I know. And, and, uh, but, I mean, it's amazing what they can do, and we're grateful, okay? I'm not necessarily against them, uh, uh, but listen, if I can get it from Jesus, I'd much rather get it from Jesus. 
and go to the cross. Go to uh, the, the place where healing flows. Praise the Lord. And of course, Isaiah 53, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. So, so again, we see that healing flows from the work of Christ. And he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. And so we were all in him. And it was a, it was a, a whole package, salvation and healing. These were in the package. Incidentally, he was made poor that we through his poverty would be made rich. And so we're talking now, uh, we're talking about salvation uh, from hell, the redemption from hell. We're talking healing in our bodies. We're talking finances and resources and blessings. So all of it is one package. Well, will he do it for me? Are you a Christian? Yes. Yes. Emphatically, yes. Yes. Well, you, well, you know, I've done some things. Well, look, we've all done some things. We've all done some things. And condemnation is the trick of Satan to tell you you can't have what you want because of your mistake when you were, you know, you were saved when you did that. You were saved when you did that. You were saved when you did that. I mean, he just is get, changes his voice and gets real, you know, the devil. And he, and he makes you feel like it's you telling yourself or something. You know, like, I'm so, so big a loser. I'm such a loser. I'm such a worm. But listen, Jesus, he took it all. He did it all. And he did it for all. And he's no respecter of persons. Your mistakes, listen, quit looking at yourself through your past. This is probably one of the greatest uh, tricks of the enemy to keep you from receiving healing in your body. Well, you know, you haven't been praying enough. Well, you know what? Whatever you've been doing, it'll never be enough. Not to him. Not to the enemy. Not to the, the accuser of the brethren. <laughs> Whatever you've been doing, you haven't been sharing the gospel enough. You haven't been praying enough. Don't read the Bible enough. You don't do anything enough. You're not enough. And you know what? When you come to the place where you're not enough and you just rest in Christ Jesus and say, you know what? But he is. He is enough. He's more than enough. I have all that I need that pertain to life and godliness in Christ Jesus. Woo, I got this. <laughs> and you start relaxing, you start resting, and you, and you quit navel-gazing all the time, trying to figure out why me, what am I doing, and how come, and looking at just fuzz in there. Just clean that out, and then you move on. Don't even keep looking at it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Don't leave yet. It's going to get worse. I'm telling you. Let's look at Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. All right. Matthew 8, it says in verse 1, When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leper, leprosy was cleansed. What? Jesus said, I will. What does that mean? If he was, you know, and, and when they were looking for, you know, to talk to the main man, you know, the disciples, they said, you know what, Jesus, we've been kicking it with you a while. We want to see the main man. 
We want to see the moon, man. And Jesus said to them, I've been with you this long and you don't know me? So Jesus was uh, an expression of the Father at the very least. Isn't that right? And whatever Jesus was doing, he's doing as a representative of the Father. He said, I don't do anything I don't see him do. I don't say anything I don't hear him say. And so this man says, if you're willing, in other words, he had doubts. I don't know if God's, it's God's will to heal me, but if you're willing, I know you can. And he said, I am willing. That's the Father telling you he's willing. It is my will to heal. And you say, well, that was just special for the leper. No, listen, he, held, he healed across the board. He would heal people, and then he would say, where are the other people when one came back to worship? So you know what? God heals knuckleheads like us. So why would he not count you in because you aren't perfect? Because God, listen, listen, I, I'm going to tell you this. If you think you're perfect, you know, you need to live room because I'm not. Others aren't, here aren't. And he uses imperfect people to do perfect things. Amen. I said he uses imperfect people to do perfect things. And he will do it over and over and over and over. I'm not perfect. Now, I have, have received the righteousness of God inside my spirit, and I am just like God on the inside. Um, my um, ability to express him for that which is in me, to make it on the outside, that's what I'm working on right here, is renewing my mind to be a better channel of his glory and his goodness and his power and that's what we're doing here tonight. You've come here tonight to be changed, to think more like him, to be changed so that you can not just receive and walk in it, but that you can talk it and give it as well. I hope that's what you come to church for, that you're not just coming to receive, that you're coming to get filled and to give. That's what Jesus did. And we are supposed to act like him, right? We're Christians, which means Christ-like. And so Jesus, um, I really believe Jesus never had a cold. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't remember them saying, oh, and Jesus sneezed. <laughs> Jesus wept. And I don't know, maybe he needed a tissue for that. I don't know. But I don't believe Jesus ever had a cold, ever had a, you know, a headache or had a bad day. I believe Jesus lived and walked as we here now in our bodies can and will in Jesus' name walk. Amen. And he said, the things that I have done you shall do, and greater things. But I really know that he wasn't just saying miracle signs and wonders, but the way I lived, you can now live because I've gone to the Father who is now your Father. And now we can live this way and enjoy the life that he's given us. Yeah. Amen? So it's God's will to heal. Everybody say, it's God's will to heal. God it's, everybody say, it's God's will for me to be healed. Praise the Lord. So, so... Um, we, we need to look in our Bibles really quick here. Lord Jesus. We're going to look at uh, Proverbs chapter 4. So we know uh, we could really talk a long time about the provision of healing and how Christ has given us that. Amen. But we're going to move on now to uh, walking in health. So here in uh, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20, it says, Dear friend, listen well to my words. Tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times. Concentrate. Learn it by heart. Those who discover these words live, really live, body and soul. They're bursting with health. This is the message, by the way. I'm sorry. That's the message. 
So we're in, to incline, right? King James, incline. Let me change that to King James so that those of you who speak King Jimmy can understand what I'm saying. Here we go. My, my bad. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to uh, their toes. What? What? All their flesh. Health to all their flesh. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. So, so apparently, uh, the word is, is like your medicine. I like to call it gospels. If you'll take your gospels, then you won't have to worry about uh, sickness and disease. Has anybody ever heard of, of vitamins? You know, vitamins, they only do you good if you take them. And there are vitamins, like vitamin C, for instance, that we don't retain, that that's something we need on a regular basis. Did you know that? And, and, and there's many that help our immune systems. You know, we're talking about naturally speaking, you know. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I know that, that there's many believers that walk in miracles. I mean, they just live in miracles. They eat Fruit Loops for breakfast. And McDonald's for lunch. And, they, and, and pizza. And, and, and they just, I'm like, how are you alive? <laughs> you know? And I was like, man, you're just a, a real great man of faith because you eat like this. It's amazing you're breathing. In my mind, you know, what I've learned about nutrition anyways, you know. But I, apparently it's not, not all based on what you put into your mouth because it's not what you put into you, Jesus said. It's what comes out of you that defiles you. I've seen people that weigh 400 pounds that are 90-something years old and look young. I'm like, how in the world? I don't know. It's because they're fat. It makes the wrinkles pop out. I don't even know. I, that's not it? That's, oh, okay. I don't know. If you just look better if you're heavy, you know. I'm like, man, I'm all wrinkled up, you know. It's like, what's that? But obviously there's something more to it than, than just eating accurately and correctly and, and, and that kind of thing. That, 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 but in, in the same token, I believe, obviously, that the, generally speaking, that if you eat well, you live well. Y'all with me? And so, so I know that some people use their faith to eat whatever they want, and that's their prerogative, but I would recommend eating really well, nutritionally-wise, and standing on the Word of God. I don't trust in it. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So I like to say it like this, man shall not live by whole wheat. You know, I was raised to eat whole wheat. Mama always gave us whole wheat bread. We weren't used to... Uh, wasn't having the Wonder Bread. You wonder why it's called bread. You know, the, the white stuff that you can roll up in a ball and like, whoa, you know. We always had stuff with like, it felt like somehow that they put like gravel in it, you know. And, and some of it, you know, some, has anybody ever heard of Ezekiel bread? And, and for me, I was like, mom, this tastes like a stump. She's like, how do you know what a stump tastes like? Oh, well, you're a kid, you live in the woods, you eat stumps, you eat everything, you know? And so, so we, we just, we just uh, would eat this bread and do this and do whatever. She said I was taking a shot glass of vitamins when I was five years old. And, 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 and so I, I believe in nutrition, don't get me wrong. But I can't make that where my primary trust is. My trust is in the Lord. I thank God for Amen. the word of God. And so we need a daily diet. 
a daily diet. We need to make sure we take our gospel pills. Even if you go to a physician and, and you have all the, the things that he's given you to help you, if you just leave them in the bottle on the counter, it doesn't matter how close you are to your Bible unless you get it in you. Right. Same thing with, with the medicine that pe- the doctors may prescribe for you, whatever it is, right? You got to get it inside you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you better get it inside you. Yeah, for it to have its effect, it has to get inside of you. And, and so, so inclining, inclining is, is more than just, you know, you know, at nighttime, you know, quoting a couple scriptures. Or, it, it, you know, that you, you know, Jesus wept. I mentioned my workout partners, you know, that, that we, we will be doing planks and it's just so irritating. So we've gotten in the habit of saying scriptures while we're in that position. It's only two minutes long. So we're like, okay. And we'll, I'll share a scripture. Okay, your turn. And they would say a scripture. And of course, one of them said, Jesus wept. I'm like, really? Uh, that was your son. <laughs> you know, I won't tell you what Warren said. <laughs> Warren comes off with these just, I have no idea where he gets these scriptures from. Out of the Old Testament, I'm like, you know. <laughs> Anyways, you know, you got to be careful when you quote the Old Testament. Like, they pinched their tents, and you're like, what did he say? <laughs> they pitched their tents. You know, anyway, and, and uh, so, 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 but, but so speaking the word of God on a daily basis, on a continual basis is going to be major because how is that? That's, that's getting it inside you. And Jesus said, if, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, what? You shall ask what you will and it shall be done. Why? Because it's, it's having that inside you, the resource of God's word in your heart. Um, that's what comes out when, it's, when you're full of God's word, thoroughly furnished, and, and uh, there is an opposing thing coming at you. What comes out? The word. Boom. Jesus. Ah. You know, and, and those demons go, whoa. You know, sit again, sit again. Jesus, it's like Mufasa, you know, Mufasa, ooh, you know, the power of God, the glory of God. And we got that just permeating our beings, and we walk around like this. And so when people, they say things, you know, um, I, I find myself, I've been convicted of people in the gym or wherever I may be, uh, them saying, oh, yeah, I've got this going on in my body and this going on, and, and, uh, and I'll just fall into the habit of, oh, and then I'm standing there, and the Holy Spirit's convicting me of what I just did. It's like, really? And I'm like, okay, I'll pray for him. But I mean, why would we respond like that? You know? But that's our culture. That's what our habits are. That's our unrenewed self responding to somebody who has sickness and disease in their bodies when we have the antidote. We walk around filled with God's power to explode into their circumstance and situation. And it trips them out. I love doing it at the gym. I have found so many um, incognito Christians at the gym because of their, you know, oh, you know, I was out because of this. I had surgery. And I'm like, oh, man, let me pray for you. And they're like, oh, praise God. I'm like, okay. So they're a believer. Awesome. Known them for a year. Put my hand on pray, and their whole countenance changes, and how they act in the gym changes. We are to change our worlds. Jesus, he did not negotiate with anyone or anybody. He just laid hands on them and healed them. Ministered to them. In some places, he healed all who were sick, all of them. 
and oppressed of the devil. Went about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil. And so we're walking around uh, carrying this in us, but, but we're going to have to take our medicine. We're going to have to get that stuff inside of us. Isn't that right? Have it ready, available. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move over now to Mark 16, if you would, please. Mark 16. Glory to God. Mark 16, 15. So we know that, that we are, um, it's God's will to heal us. It's God's will for us to walk in health. Isn't that right? And we could spend um, quite a bit of time on both of those subjects, but I really want to get over to this one. In Mark 16, 15, it says, And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs, this is the New Living Translation. I'm sorry, I haven't done well at telling our people um, what translation I'm using. Um, But it says, uh, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Who? Well, how many believers are here today? Let me see you show hands. Are you a believer? If you can raise your hand. Okay, then this is talking about us. Isn't that right? I'm a believer. Um, Glory to God. We're in the right room with the right people at the right time doing the right things, right? And so these are miraculous. What miraculous? He's singing the song, right? Amen. Woo, miracle song. I feel it too. When, when we sing about it, Amen. when you are saying it, you feel and sense uh, faith rise and, 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 and there's a corporate anointing in this room. And I felt, listen, it was all I could do not to go right into laying hands on people. Why? Because your hearts were lifted up. Uh, my son, this is Minister Joe, my son who was leading worship. He was, he, he's singing that song. And all of us are going, whoa, 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 whoa. Something's happening. Honestly, when, when LaRose was singing as well, she's, I was a singing fan. Whoa, the anointing is here. It could easily happen right now. I could have just easily said, let's go into it. But I really wanted to speak the word to you tonight and get some word inside you because the word is another level of producing faith. And, and, and it's your expectation, though, pulling on heaven. And, and, and we do this in, in this atmosphere. But you could do this at the gym, at Albertsons. You could do this even at Walmart. Listen, Walmart is a place in need of healing. There are so many people who need healing at Walmart. And no no matter what time you go there, and and you go there and minister, and you'll you'll get people saved. You can get people healed. I just encourage you to give it a shot. Say, you know, we're going to Walmart. Why are we going to Walmart? We're going there to preach the gospel. You're like, aren't we getting groceries? No, we don't need groceries. We need to get people saved. And so, so, so the Spirit of God comes on us, and we're able to do these things. It says believers. It doesn't say, and those who are apostles, and those who are prophets. It doesn't say the fivefold. It doesn't mention fivefold. All who believe, these are the things that follow and would go with you as a believer. Oh, come on now. I can see some people getting nervous. That's right. God's expecting you to do miracles. Signs, wonders, praise the Lord. Now, I'm just like you. I'm just like you. I lay hands because God told me to. I believe that the healing power of God comes out of me and goes into people. When they come back and say, all the pain left my body, I'll be like, really? 
I'm just as excited about it as they are. That's so awesome. I'm not the healer. Y'all understand? <laughs> These signs follow those who believe, but who's doing it? Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's wanting to use you. Imperfect you and imperfect me to do perfect things. God is so good. So merciful. There's people that you can reach and uh, that I cannot. I need to keep focus here. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. Woo, top of the list. You are now an exorcist. <laughs> You're thinking, whoa. Most of us don't prefer to deal with demons. If you ever have, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's not necessarily the most thrilling event of your life. In fact, it sneaks up on you usually. I have been, because of my position, been the official go-to for every demon that came to church. Pastor would tell Jay, go get Pastor Andy. Tell him to go get that demon over there and cast it out, you know, whatever, you know. So I go into a back room. I've got to discover, is it a demon or do they just want attention? There is a difference. And they'll be doing all kinds of stuff. And I'll be shut up. Stop it. They're like, well, that's not a demon. <laughs> so then we move on with what's the problem, the real problem, and start talking to them and trying to help them. Of course, we're going to try and help everybody no matter what's going on, all right? Uh, but, but then I've also been called and, and helped people that truly were um, having uh, demon manifestations. And, uh, and so, so we can't at those moments just be, you know, freaking out and, and, and because they need us to be the person that God's called us to be and exercise uh, the abilities that God has, has given us uh, and our authority over demons. And, and literally, if you're a child of God, then you have authority over demons. And uh, the seven sons of Sceva in the book of Acts, they, they spoke to a, a demon and said, we cast you out in the name of Jesus of whom Paul preaches. And those, the demon said, Paul we know, and Jesus we know, but you we do not know. Now these seven boys, uh, them, the demon jumped on them and ripped their clothes off, and, and they left naked and bleeding. And uh, why was that? Well, you shouldn't try and cast demons out if you're not born again, right? But those, those um, seven sons were actually um, being trained in exorcism. I don't know if you realize that. And they were going to give it their best shot, on, you know, going out, going to see what they could do. It didn't go well. And even if, uh, you know, if you've ever heard of the movie Exorcist, you know, well, why did the priest, you know, an exorcist, why would he get um, taken advantage of by a demon? Well, listen, it doesn't matter what you call yourself if you're not born again. And you, talk, you start to try and talk to spirits, wicked spirits, you know. And don't get me wrong, I believe there's some Catholic priests that are saved. Don't get me wrong. Do you understand? But if you're not saved, you have no business trying to take authority over demons. I have a funny story by Brother Copeland. Um, he, he said that uh, uh, somebody asked if he would help a relative and, and uh, told him where they lived. And, and so he comes into a house, and there's a demon-possessed person there. 
And uh, so he went in there all cocky, you know, I'm going to cast me out this demon, you know. And, and so he's, he speaks. Uh, first he comes in and the demon speaks and says, are you Oral Roberts? Which is interesting because Kenneth Copeland was Oral Roberts' pilot. So there was an element of anointing on um, uh, Brother Copeland probably from Oral Roberts. You know, are you Oral Roberts? It'd be interesting that he thought this would be him in that similar anointing maybe. I don't know. But anyway, so he's he's commands the demon to come out of, of this man, and the man punched him in the face. And Brother Copeland punched him in the face <laughs> and said, you can keep your demon. And he watched. <laughs> he tells this on himself. He tells this story on himself. And uh, I've, I laughed so hard that, oh my, that's funny. But his point was, in that particular message, his, his point was, you should probably know a little bit about it before you go doing it, okay? And, uh, and, and certainly, another one, Robert Morris, uh, they, they called him to go exercise a demon. It was kind of one of his first go-arounds. And he went down there. He's telling on himself. He just says the story himself. He says, I went down there all cocky, you know? And, uh, and this, this demon-possessed person threw like three grown men off of them, and they all went flying back. And, and Robert Moore said, the spirit of fear came on him so hard that he couldn't even speak. And this little elderly woman come walking in behind him. <laughs> she said, you foul demon, you will release this person now in the name of Jesus. And, and that demon came out of the person, and they were, they were fine. And he felt so defeated. And the little lady said, it's okay, baby. So you better be mindful of which attitude you have when you go to casting out demons. In uh, my experience, most of the time, um, I don't have time to know where my attitude is because I'm in the middle of something and it's ministry and all of a sudden that manifests. And uh, one particular time was in Trujillo, uh, Peru, and I laid hands on this um, man who was probably the best dressed guy there, looked like a businessman, spoke um, Spanish, not English. So the translator asked what's wrong. He said, um, I have a stiff neck. And so, you know, I know how to pray for stiff necks, you know. And so I, I put my hand on him. And uh, instead of, you know, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that he's healed uh, by Jesus' stripes. You know what, how we would pray for healing, you know, and that the same life that raised Christ from the dead going in. You know, all those things were in my mind, right, to pray out of my mouth. But instead, out of my mouth came, you foul demon of infirmity. I command you to come out of him now in Jesus' name. And I'm thinking in my mind, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dial it back, bro. Because I was speaking by the Spirit, but as soon as my first you, when, as soon as anything came out of my mouth, this man, his neck started, veins started coming out of his neck, and he goes, and he made a noise, and he goes, and he threw up. I was like, whoa! <laughs> well, you don't see that back at the youth group in Vegas much right there, you know, I was thinking. <laughs> and I was like, Lord Jesus. I'm like, all righty then, next, you know? So he, 
And, and uh, so many miracles and things took place in that place because these people, aren't, aren't, they have no other answer. They don't have a second choice. It's either Jesus heals me or I'm dead. Just, Jesus either heals me or I'm in rough shape. And so you're going down this line to these people that believe that God literally is in the room because when I said the Spirit of God is here to heal, the place jumped up and roared and literally about knocked me off the platform. It was amazing. Bonnie was there in Trujillo and I laid hands on this woman. These people don't speak English. I laid hands on a woman and she began to worship God in perfect English. I worship you, God. I love you, God, in, in tongues. But it was perfect English. And, and, and so I'm like going, wow, man, there's stuff going on here. But it isn't just for South America. It's not just for Central America. It's not just for Africa. It's for the United States of America. It is for Las Vegas. It is for this side of town. It is for wherever you are. That's where miracles should happen. That's where these things should take place. And healing um, will take place. And demons, literally, you've got to be ready because demons will manifest when you are walking in that anointing. And, and you can't be afraid of those suckers. They're just like dogs. They're just like wimpy monkeys. They're, they're nothing, okay? And so you can't be afraid. You have to rise up on the inside and just say, you will shut your mouth. Come out of him in Jesus' name. Not in a cocky self, I've got power. It's just totally Jesus lives inside you. The son of the living God who kicked every single one of their butts 2,000 years ago is standing in front of you. You will come out of her. And so you stand in his authority. And so we bring healing and life. Praise God. Hallelujah. So it says, it starts off with, again, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. One of those miracles is demons coming out. They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new languages. We got that covered. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. Don't pick up no snakes. If they drink anything, <laughs> you know we got Christians doing this crazy stuff. It, it, basically, like Paul, he's grabbing wood, a snake bites him, he shakes it off in the fire and doesn't give it a second thought. That's what it means, handle snakes. Not go find them and swing them around and go, woo! You know, no. <laughs> if you don't have to mess with them, they won't mess with you. Praise God. But then, then again, um, so, so they'll drink poisonous things. And so sometimes uh, we get into stuff we don't realize. Man, I tell you what, nothing can hurt you. Y'all with me? And you're walking in this right now because you're a believer. And it, 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 so it says they will be able to place their hands on sick and they will be healed. What? They might be healed. Oh, God will pick and choose the, the special ones to be healed. No, they will be healed. And it, all, it doesn't always happen um, in immediately, but you tell those people, whoever they may be, now you just thank God for your healing. And you start doing things you couldn't do before. And you start helping them to walk in faith. You understand? Hallelujah to Jesus. Happens all the time. It happens all the time. But you didn't know it could happen to you all the time. And I'm just telling you that you can walk in the anointing to bring healing to this world out here. And really, healing is a dinner bell. You tell them about Jesus. Yes, they have something going on in their body. Now you're going to show them who he is. He's the healer.